Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast, October 17th edition, brought to you by DraftBeast.com, it and TradeTent.com. If you want a different kind of electric coverage, head over to TradeTent.com. Great supporters of Fightful.com. Also, DraftBeast.com. Hey, you're not going to find any other games, any other daily fantasy games, where you can make a ton of money off of Vontez Perfect just committing heinous acts. This, this is the place for you, DraftBeast.com. They have the goon games. They have the games where you pick the worst team possible, all that good stuff. Also, on it, if you watch this week's Madden tournament on Up, Up, Down, Down, you saw Seth Rollins sporting that beautiful green on it shirt. Go to our podcast page, Fightful.com slash podcast, recently revamped, by the way. Easily, uh, easily organized for you guys by day, even. Lots of cool stuff there, but open up any of those podcast pages, click that on it link, and you can use the same supplements, equipment, and apparel that Bailey, Adam Cole, Triple H, Cesaro, Seth Rollins, CM Punk, all of those guys use. So check them out as well. Guys, we are joined by Alex Pawlowski and Trina. Now, I got to say this, guys. Me and Alex. Well, Trina, I think you were probably out of town this weekend, too. You're always out of town. You're always yeah. somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So none of us were around. <laughs> so I'll say that it's a good thing. No news broke until Old Faithful Sunday <laughs> night. Paige oh. and Del Rio. Oh, Woo! my. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, now, as, as a content gatherer, Paige and Alberto Del Rio have given me about, oh, 93 headlines over the past four weeks, over the past two months. We've had three suspensions, a stabbing, an engagement, a neck surgery, all kinds of good stuff. Well, we you, also have, you also have the 12 different versions of the stabbing. Right. That's very true. I, that, that's been a headline as well. And so we, we are definitely going to talk. Zero police reports, actually. Yeah, no police reports that that I've been able to track down at least. We're going to get to that. Obviously, the big story, the reason why most people are here. One, Bill Goldberg is back in the WWE. He They waited, they saved him for the third hour, which a lot of times what WWE does is they will put their most important segment on in hour two because it's usually the highest rated hour. Not tonight. They saved this for the final segment. The traditional main event segment. So they really got to build up the likes of Bo Dallas and Titus O'Neil and the Shining Stars and people like that. We will also be talking about that. But Alex, Bill Goldberg is back. A far cry from what you've been covering on Superstars and Main Event. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not no, not exactly this, that uh, 
that kind of quality. Um, I, I was I was kind of surprised at how much uh, it affected me. I mean, I I, I was a, a Goldberg mark back in ninety seven ninety eight. Uh, I was in college. We were watching the Monday Night Wars in a dorm room. Uh, but I mean, it was so it was. I do not have fond memories of his WWE run in 03 and 04. And that was 12 years ago. Uh, I saw somebody posted on, on Twitter earlier today footage of a match that the ultimate warrior had against Orlando Jordan, like in oh. 2008. And he came off the top rope with a body press. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, Oh, I hope that's not what, what Goldberg looks like now. I go, I hope his knees aren't that bad. I, yeah, but, but he looks, he looks good in that jacket. I have no idea what he's going to look like a summer survivor series, but right now I feel like he could totally kick somebody's ass. Uh, and the, the Goldberg chants were overpowering. They, he was overcome with emotion. You could tell it was a really, really important thing for him to have his wife and his kid there. Like it was a pretty cool moment overall. Uh, and definitely I thought I was going to be, you know, jaded mid thirties wrestling fan about it. And it totally wasn't it totally got me. I was a little bit, just a little bit. This is the first time he ever performed in front of his his wife, his kid. He really did seem like a guy who hadn't been there before, but that's okay because he hasn't been there in 12 and a half years. He had he didn't look at the hard camera, all that kind of stuff, but it's his moment. To be to be honest, it's his moment. It's been 12 years. There's one reason he well, there's two reasons he's back. For his family and for the money. Those two reasons. He did stop off and train with Dwayne Ludwig today uh, at, at Elevation, Trina. I know you're familiar with MMA. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, maybe he'll fight. He might be, end up fighting Uriah Faber before too long. <laughs> or GSP. <laughs> hey, anything's possible with what we heard, but it, it we'll also be talking about GSP later. Yeah. Well, what did you think about Goldberg? I, I'll say this, the line where he said, Goldberg or Brock Lesnar, not only are you next, you're last. That was, mm-hmm. that was cool. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I, I got on the air with you guys, and I told you I I have Goldberg goosebumps. Um, yeah, I, I hate to like. I feel like we're all like revealing our age here, but I was I was in high school. I was like sixteen, seventeen when when I was a big Goldberg mark. So it's it's a very uh, nostalgic time for me. And we've talked about this on our podcast, and I think that's what people are feeling. They're feeling nostalgia, and they're feeling that that time like it was just electric. And I and I feel like when he when he came out and I could hear the chants, like I just got goosebumps. Like it really, like I was transported back and I, there are grown men all over the internet that are feeling the same way. So I don't feel as bad that I'm marking out as much, but you know, it was, it was awesome. I I still have like chills. It's crazy. The crowd was chanting for Goldberg. No, no manufactured chants here. Crowd was happy to see him a Denver crowd. Which generally is an okay crowd when they're not given stuff like that that really weird match several years ago. Remember when um, the the owner of the Denver Nuggets or whoever it was? Oh, wait, I don't think yeah. it was there. But they did have – which, I mean, you know, okay, that wasn't in Denver. I remember that was them taking a shot at Denver, but they had that weird basketball-themed thing. <laughs> I, I, I'm all for Goldberg coming in, especially if they're going to do these three five-on-five matches because, quite honestly – if they wanted those three five-on-five matches to go 40 minutes each, they could. Mm-hmm. You could apply stakes to these Survivor Series elimination matches, make them mean something. 
uh, make the WWE like like you know I, I mentioned this on on the air like hey maybe if the five members of Raw win all five of them get a title shot against Kevin Owens or maybe they run Raw for one week kind of like they did in two thousand four when. It was like Maven and Chris Benoit and a bunch of guys. When stakes are applied to these, they, they really they, – Survivor Series can be a special kind of match. And that can hide what maybe Goldberg and Brock Lesnar may be lacking. I'll ask you this, Trina. How do you think they're going to do this? Do you think they're going to use smoke and mirrors? Do you think it will be like a no-DQ match? With, you know, it's tough because I – Right, because I – it's – Obviously, we always have, like, Monday Night Wars and, like, WCW and NWO, like, on the mind. Very, very fresh. And so I, when you said that, the, my first thought was, like, War Games. Like, maybe Goldberg will be, like, utilized like Sting. Like, just right at the end, you know, like, we don't know, like, what's going to happen. Um, so, you know, other people are going to be the workers in this match, and it will be smoke and mirrors. And, you know, they, they will probably hide a little bit. I mean, Goldberg, let's be, he's, like, 50 years old. I don't care yeah. if you're you're training with Ben Ludwig. Ben Ludwig, it's like you're you're still a fifty year old man, um, and so that there's going to have to be some element of smoke and mirrors here at this point. Alex, you think they're going to going to apply any stipulation? Do you think they're going to do anything? I, the match twelve years ago was not good. No, no, I, 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 it was not good. I think we all remember it as being worse because of the word that leaked out that they were both going to be gone after the match. So the crowd... And the high expectations for that match as well. Right, right. But the crowd turned on it before it even started. So we remember it as being this complete debacle. And it was bad, but it wasn't as bad as we remember it. I think if we didn't know that the both guys were out the door, then we probably would have remembered it in a different way because the crowd wouldn't have turned on it so quickly. Um, but yeah, it was not great. <laughs> it was certainly not great. Uh, and I don't know what, I don't know how kind 12 years has been to, to Goldberg. You know what I mean? Um, you have, uh, Lesnar throwing around guys who are in the prime of their careers. So what's he going to do with this old man? You know, like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, this, the whole thing is that he could be hiding the fact that he's in great shape and he's continued training or something, but. I don't think there's any way he's 280 like he used to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's not, but maybe, maybe he can move quicker now. He's not pushing around those extra 20 pounds or something, you know, I don't know. But, you know, do I expect it to be this barn burner? No. Do I think they could give us eight to ten minutes of good storytelling between two beasts, one guy giving it all in his last match? Yeah, I feel like they could give us that. Um, do I expect that they will? I don't know. I'm 50-50 on that. But uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where they go from here. I hope they don't ruin it with bad promos for six weeks. You know what I mean? Like, I just hope it's, you know, it's uh, – it's, at the point, I don't hope I'm not tired of it before it happens. I want them to, to book yeah. these next five weeks uh, correctly in order for me to be anticipating it. Had that promo been cut by anybody else, I would have probably thought it was totally lame, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. But this is a special circumstance. By the way, guys, if you all haven't visited Fightful.com lately, go over there, visit. We have revamped the whole front page. Uh, we've applied more features for you all to uh, be able to scroll through. Just updated that. 
allow you to see more stories on the page. Also, we've optimized it for mobile. We got rid of the images. That way it makes that a little bit easier. We've implemented page breaks to make uh, viewing parties load quicker. Also, we have individual home pages for MMA, wrestling, and boxing. Uh, we know that a lot of you do love the crossover between MMA, pro wrestling, and boxing, but some of you don't. So if you don't, you can go to Fightful.com slash wrestling, Fightful.com slash MMA, or Fightful.com slash boxing. Bookmark those. You'll get all of those stories just exclusively right there. So go check that out. We're about to revamp the forums as well. Lots of cool stuff there. Also, uh, last week's Matt Riddle and Vince Russo podcasts are available to non-members now on the website. But if you want to get early access to those, go there, register at Fightful.com. Absolutely free. No credit card required. Check that out. Lots of cool stuff coming to Fightful.com, guys. And we're always looking to add uh, add uh, pro wrestlers, MMA fighters that, that want to get into podcasting, things of that nature. So let us know who you want to see, and we'll, we'll contact them. Now, the Goldberg thing, we mentioned his match 12 years ago. I think here, I think this is a part of the problem. Goldberg always did best when he worked from the top. Up until that Hogan match, he worked from the top. He wasn't doing a lot of selling before that. Mm-hmm. He was going in there. He was kicking the living shit out of people, and then he would win a match. Uh, the Hogan match, he did a little bit of selling because it's Hulk Hogan. He had to play. He had to fight from underneath. But then after that. Over the next several months, he was the baby face that had to work from underneath. People didn't like that. They didn't want that. In the WWE, he had to do that quite a bit as well because he was that baby face the whole time too. Brock Lesnar, that's how he works best as well. But of late, he's not worked very well in that manner. Like he's had some underwhelming stuff of late. Like I have to look back at his at his last several matches. I, I just remember the. The uh, Ambrose match was just so disappointing. Yeah. So disappointing. It, it had every opportunity. It had all the makings to be something special. And if you listen to Dean Ambrose, it was because of Brock Lesnar that it was like that. I don't remember anything. I don't think the, the Orton match wasn't special. Uh, the roadblock match against Wyatt and Harper definitely wasn't special. Yeah. So, do you think they can pull it off, Alex? Do you think they can make it something special? The only way it works at all is if Goldberg is the underdog in the match. The older guy, his last match, Brock doesn't give a shit about your kids, and he doesn't give a shit about how, how old you are. He's going to screw you up. Like, that's what he does. So... I think that they tell the story of this guy like giving his all and and being beaten half to death. You know what I mean? And coming back and maybe nearly winning it, hitting a spear on him, but not getting him up for the jackhammer. I don't know. Like, I feel like over the next five weeks, they'll have a couple of guys like the shining stars will come out and interrupt a Goldberg promo and they'll get speared and jackhammered. So we'll at least be able to see it once, but I can't imagine him hitting any of his finishing moves on, uh, on on Brock Lesnar in that match, so yeah, I feel like it's 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 going to be a tough ask uh, for them to to pull something out that could be considered even you know three and a half stars. I mean, I agree. I mean, Trina, we still have you. I don't know. Do you? We can hear you. We don't have you. Okay. We can hear you. Okay. We don't, we don't have a visual. Okay. Perfect. Um, 
so what's interesting, going back to what you guys were talking about, is that I feel like, you know, especially when Sean says that, that Goldberg always worked from the top, that's always been his gimmick, um, that he was not a wrestler. Like, he was the guy, the, like, you know, really, really tough ex-football player guy that, like, didn't know how to wrestle and just destroyed everybody. And so it, it sort of works. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's what makes him, like, sort of, like, the, the perfect um opponent i feel like for brock at this point because yeah like brock has sort of been phoning it in for the last couple of months maybe the last year um and so for as much as we can speculate that it'll be maybe like a two or three star match um i think they've left a lot of room for us to speculate that it could be super super awesome um but if you look at the way that they built shane and um the Undertaker, which I had high hopes for that one as well. Uh, you know, that's not a really great precedent uh, for for you know big announcements of matches and then and then like a couple weeks of buildup. So that's the only thing. Uh, if if they had not sort of screwed up the Shane thing, uh, I would have maybe bigger hopes for this match. So raw outside of this, Alex, I want to know your thoughts. Uh, you covered it for us. I'm sorry. It's yeah. Uh, it was up up and down. Um, there were. Uh, it's it's always very uneven. It's hard to uh, make to have a show that is uniformly good, not even great, but good for three hours. But the thing is, it's also hard to do a show that's uniformly terrible for three hours. And you know there are going to be highlights and lowlights, and uh, I think it was kind of fifty-fifty for me. But the things, the stuff that I liked, I really liked, and the stuff that I that I hated, I was like, yeah, that's that's bad. You know what I mean? It wasn't like something that it just made me super angry or thought it was a terrible decision. Um, so you know, I, I probably thought it was better than most. But then again, you know, I love Bo Dallas, so <laughs> stuff, stuff like that's going to make me extra happy. Mm-hmm. Trina, your thoughts as you are yeah. upside down right now. I know. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm trying to get this working. Um, so for me, the whole the whole thing was was bookended by um, total babyface Seth, um, and obviously Goldberg at the end. Because I mean, Seth, Seth coming out and and just being full on babyface, I, I it stuck with me like for probably three fourths of the show. Like that's all I was thinking about. Like. Do you right. think he'll lose some of his edge that way, or do you think he'll retain it? It's really interesting to see him as full-on face, um, you know, because it's, it's like he, he really is, and I, I said this on Twitter, he's more of a lone wolf than Baron Corbin has ever been. Um, you know, like that, that term applies to him now um, more than it's, it's ever applied to anyone because he, he has nobody. Like, he doesn't have the authority. He doesn't have um, any friends. I mean, so it's a really interesting take on him because not only is a face is he a face but he doesn't have any friends um and so they gotta play that up right they gotta play that right up. and I, I mentioned i was like this is pretty much what they wanted uh roman's first push to be like you know like it's it's so weird because like it's very very evident to me that seth going over as a face like this is exactly what they had wanted with roman in the first place um well they they did they did what it was what was necessary had roman reigns done that Mm-hmm. And Roman Reigns turned on the shield, and you have to do scummy things to end up with no friends mm-hmm. in the WWE. Also, you have to be a little bit selfish. Being a little bit selfish doesn't make the fans hate you. I mean, people are selfish by and large, and that's okay. 
Seth Rollins has been selfish. People don't hate him for it. Mm-hmm. People probably wouldn't have hated Roman Reigns for it either. Alex, do you think that they could have went that route with Roman Reigns? Do you think if they went the same route with Roman Reigns that they did with Seth Rollins, do you think that could have worked, or do you think it's just a byproduct of who these two guys are? Uh, I just I, – I don't – I honestly don't think Roman is skilled enough on the mic uh, being an, anybody other than Smarmy Joe. You know, like that's just who he is. He's just this – Man, everything's funny to me. Look at my smirk. And, <laughs> and it's not, it just, that, that kind of thing isn't going to get over either way. Like it's, he's not, he's not, he's not evil enough to be a heel and he's, he's just too much of a dick to be a baby face. And the other thing is that, that um, I, I have been wanting a, a Seth baby face for a uh, turn for a while, but if they're just going to have him do the lines that babyface Roman would do, like calling, calling Chris Jericho sparkle crotch is exactly what late 2015 Roman Reigns yep. would do. He, he had the, he had a whole, remember, you remember the tater tots promo that he had with shot? Uh, it's the exact yeah. same thing, but we like Seth. So we'll forgive Seth for just doing sparkle. Oh, getting I a- sure as hell didn't forgive him for it. I, <laughs> I thought this was corny. <laughs> Cornier than the shit that I took last week. Man, <laughs> terrible. Yeah, I didn't no. like it. And I was like, no, don't do this. Yeah. Not to him. Let him just be the jackass that he was yeah. being before. Let yeah. him be the guy that thinks everything is a little bit ridiculous. Like that he's the one that's getting screwed over. Because he kind of was all along. Well, uh, the thing with him is that He's conspiracy theorist Seth is what he has been for a while. Like everybody's in on it against me and it can be kind of annoying until it's obviously in a few months going to be proven that everybody is in it against him. And when that happens, we'll, we'll, we'll be on his side. One of my favorite TNA storylines of all time. I don't know if you all remember this. It was from, I feel like it was from 2010. One of the few good things about 2010, you had like sting and Kevin Nash, and I feel like Samoa Joe and the Pope, and they all were portrayed as heels. And they were all like, Hogan's in on some shit. Bischoff is in on some shit. Everybody's in on some shit. And they all looked like heels. And then there was this giant turn where Hogan and Bischoff were revealed to be these scumbags. And it's like these four guys who were beloved, well, in the cases of most, were automatically baby faces. They were right. They were right all along. And it just kind of got dropped a little bit. That was a beautifully crafted storyline that I think has gone under the radar for so long that a guy like Seth Rollins could pick that up and really run with it. Yeah. Yeah, he is being colluded against. I can say this. I am being colluded against in one of my fantasy football leagues, so I can relate to this all too well. These <laughs> these jobbers that I'm in a league with shut down a Brady Gronk Big, big trade. I feel you, Seth Rollins. Your, your on it boy here has you covered. I feel your pain. Collusion everywhere. That's what Seth Rollins needs to do. Let him be the Jesse Ventura of today. Not the Jesse Ventura back in the day. Did you all happen to see him on the Joe Rogan experience last week? No, but I've seen him on other stuff. If he's yeah, doing the same man thing is- on Joe Rogan, he's been doing other ones. He's uh, Guano crazy, this guy. Rare form. 
He's great. It's up on the website, by the way, guys. You all should check that out. So, yeah, we, 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 this led, you know, Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens are out there. Chris Jericho's list is so over, so super over. They had a match. It wasn't the greatest thing in the world, but I'll, I'll say this. Chris Jericho's still doing that lion salt at almost 46 yeah. years old, like, like he's 25. Trina, can, can you do the lion salt? No, I would totally love, so and I'm I'm far younger than Jericho, um, and I totally cannot allegedly yeah right allegedly so um, no I can't it's it's amazing and what I thought was interesting about that that first segment was that I feel like within maybe two or three minutes of them starting their promos I was like I feel like Jericho and Ko have jumped the shark like I I was pretty much ready to say, okay, I'm done with this. And then they started teasing the, you know, the breakup a lot more than they have before. So I feel like the timing was pretty perfect um, because like, it just, you know, I love them too. I, I love their, their chemistry together. I love uh, the list. Obviously their, their comedy is fantastic, but it just felt stale. Like right, like right when the show started, it felt stale. And it felt like uh, at this point, Jericho is almost, weakening KO as as a champion like it just felt forced the way like Dana and, and Charlotte did and I don't know what it was maybe it's just me but um that that segment really like immediately they jumped the shark and then they teased the turns so I was like okay this works let's let's break them up because I'm ready for them to be separate people and I'm ready for KO to be a strong champion um you know and and go back to status quo Alex you think we're getting this feud this Jericho Kevin Owens feud uh, I mean, I think it all depends on how long Jericho's going to stick around. You know what I mean? Like he just signed a new record deal. So, you know, I mean, like if he's going back on tour with Fozzie, then he's not going to be wrestling. So you got to. It's going to be a big blow to Raw. Yeah. Oh, huge. He's he's one of the most important things on Raw every week. Uh, the way they were teasing the "you're on the list," you know, <laughs> they were they were they dragged that out for like 15 to 20 seconds and the crowd was hanging on every single moment. So, I mean, he's just so valuable to what they're doing. Uh, the thing about it that, that, that is something that I've just, you know, it's something I will always harp on is that you can't, apparently you can't have a heel champion without him being either a, a coward B mm-hmm. having a bunch of guys who run with him to, to have the damn numbers game or both. And I just want to see Kevin Owens not be booked as this coward because he's not like, he's certainly smart enough to to get out of a fight if, if if the numbers are against him, but he's not going to back down from Seth Rollins one-on-one. He's just not going to do that. That's not who he, he's never been that. So now, and he wasn't when he didn't have the belt. So now that he has the belt, he's just got to, you know, it's just a thing that they keep doing at some point. I just want him to, to, to be able to, you know, hold his own. I'd love, I'd love for him to be the street smart champion. Yeah. That finds mm-hmm. like ways to get out of things that don't portray him as a coward. He's just really, really smart about things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, we have uh, Seth Rollins beat Chris Jericho. And uh, they had Seth Rollins in the Walls of Jericho for like a solid minute and a half. And he sold it after the match, which is good. Golden Truth and Mark Henry versus Shining Stars and Titus O'Neil. All I'll say this is this is how they bring back Mark Henry. Yeah. 
He Wait. hasn't been he hasn't been on TV since the Olympics. Since before yes. the Olympics. Remember how they stayed? They had this since the ninety six Olympics. <laughs> he he came on and he was like, Hey Mick, hey Steph, I really want to be a, a major player on Raw. And they were like, Well, we kind of drafted you to be a mentor to other people and not actually ever wrestle. So how about you take this made up thing we just came up with, the ambassador of WWE, and go to Brazil and get Zika? And then, you know, come back three months later, unceremoniously in a match, a six-man tag, where the only sucked, thing... by the way. It was terrible. The only thing he did was step into the ring on a blind tag and give the world's strongest slam to Titus O'Neil for the pin. That was it. He did one move, and that was it. Like, I don't understand why he's even there. But I do hope this leads to more uh, Titus O'Neil press conferences solely attended by Tom. Good. Those those you sent me that damn link last week. Go back, guys, and watch the. Oh God. Go back and watch last week's Raw Fallout with Titus O'Neil. It was the most unintentionally hilarious thing, and they just ran with it. It was great. Alex sent me that, and I was like, "Why isn't this on the show?" It should have been on the show. show. It should be. I don't want to talk about Titus anymore. I don't (laughs) want to talk about Titus anymore. We're uh, Bo Dallas beat Neville. Hot diggity damn! I don't get it. You get fucking drunk at an airport and sing the Circle of Life, and you revive your career. What? I don't know. He got arrested on an interna before an international flight. He was posted. This guy. (laughs) No. Not, and he's not, beating Neville. It doesn't make any sense. But I'll tell you what, 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 is, what is great about what they're doing. I can't explain the whole thing with, with the drunk on the flight. I can't explain why they're choosing to do this now. But I've been waiting for them to use him. I loved Bo Dallas when he was in NXT before he became champ. Because once, once you become champ and you're a heel, they kind of neuter you. Before that, as he was becoming champ while Big E was champ, in NXT. He was great. He was, he was a whirling dervish. He never stopped moving. He hit people really hard for a guy who wasn't that big. And, and I felt like since he's been on raw, they haven't used him properly. And cause he can be vicious. And I love this new thing they're doing with him. I like that. He's not doing a poetry slam before beating a jobber anymore. I like that. Uh, I still don't know why he's carrying around the election sign. But this thing they're doing with, with him that they had been doing with him and Curtis Axel, uh, where Curtis Axel still wants to be friends. And Bo's like, no, nobody else can believe in Bo. And, and, uh, and Curtis Axel gets him a match with Neville, which is their big rivalry from NXT. And then Bo Dallas beats him clean as a whistling sheet in the middle of the ring. Like, and he did it by scouting Neville perfectly. Neville, the only thing Neville does is he hits the red arrow and wins. So if you sucker him into knowing that he's going to go up and do that, and then he does this cool leg sweep thing on, on Neville, yeah. drags him in the ring, hits that reverse crossroads of his, and pins him. That's it. No, no chicanery, nothing. And then as Curtis Axel is, is celebrating, he beats the crap out of Curtis Axel. And if you go back to earlier this year to the, to the social outcast version of Bo Dallas – who was just a grinning idiot who just kept saying Axel over and over again, he's my best friend to now being this, like the guy is a bipolar hero 
and I can't wait to see what they do from here because I don't know what this is, but but it's it's new, it's interesting, and it's different, which is something that Raw usually is not. I think this should have been Darren Young losing. But besides uh, that. Right, sure, sure. You can do that. I'm fine with that. Right. Uh, <laughs> Trina, which which did you care more about, the Bo Dallas segment or the Shining Stars segment? Well, I'll say. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the, the Shining Star segment, uh, it was a little funny because everybody noticed that this was sort of like a, a career rejuvenation for Mark Henry and, and um, Goldust and, um, you know, it's just like, what's old? Yeah, what's old is new again. The segment. Attitude like everybody's, Yeah, everybody's coming back. Um, but what I will say also about uh, Bo Dallas is that the only way that I can make sense of that is uh, creative or maybe even Bo Dallas. I don't know who, who's who is, uh, can take credit for this, but they've used the storyline um, to sort of justify changing his character completely. Um, because, you know, if they were smart, and they don't typically do this, but they could paint it as, look, he, he got in trouble, he got arrested, uh, that lit a fire under his ass, you know, like we, we were like, we're going to fire you if you don't do something creative. Uh, and he's, he's done something amazing with it. And, and it's so intriguing to see this this side of him, because um, I didn't see him that much in NXT. And so I, I like this version of him. Um, and, and really, the only way to make sense of it is, look, like maybe his job was on the line, and this is him taking control of his own career and, and giving us something that is worth watching. Fair enough. <laughs> we had Big E and Sheamus. This was a pretty good match hidden within mainly a promo. They New Day came out and made a bunch of weed reference, references because they were in Denver, their 420th day. Then uh, Big E faced Sheamus. They beat the crap out of each other. I mean, brutalized each other. Cesaro Facebook Live, <laughs> I think, the, the thing. But that's after he said he didn't have Facebook. Yeah. Does this make you think he's a heel trainer because he's a dirty, <laughs> lying bastard? Yeah, well, the – Because the- he has <laughs> Right. Well, the lines are definitely blurred here because I, I definitely tweeted that when the New Day um, came out and it was Cesaro and, and Sheamus. I'm like, who are the heels and who are the faces here? Who am I supposed to, you know, because I like them all. And, and I think definitely they were they were painting Cesaro and Sheamus as, I guess, the heels in this case. Um, you know, maybe they're just going to take Cesaro's character and, and, and go full corny, goofy Austin Powers in terms of like instead of James Bond. Uh, let's just go the opposite direction and, and just turn him heel. And, you know, I, I mean, when you put him up against the New Day, it's like nobody, nobody can compete unless you're Cassin Enzo. So I, I don't know what direction they're going in here. And, and honestly, if, if this is the direction they're going in, that's what I would do. I would just make Cesaro goofy and like, yeah, suddenly he doesn't have Facebook and he does. And, you know, like out of touch, you know, like now it's just ridiculous that he's wearing suits to the ring. So I think they could do that if that's the direction they want to go. Alex. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, I, 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 
I wouldn't mind seeing a best of seven with Biggie and Sheamus. I mean, those uh-huh. guys. I wouldn't mind seeing guys. a best of seven with Biggie and anybody. I love Biggie as a singles Biggie, guy. Biggie is is. I I really think the New Day when they are done, i.e., when they finally lose the title, you can have Biggie break off. You can keep Kofi and Xavier together. Xavier's proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that he he can go in the ring. He belongs there with those guys. So he's not just a de facto manager with a trombone anymore. So keep him and Kofi together and have Big E go on a singles run uh, because he and Sheamus just laid into each other. It was back and forth, really good stuff, um, hard-hitting, um, unforgiving. And I, I, I was really into it. And then I was like, oh, right, they have to play up the fact that they don't like each other. That Cesaro and Sheamus are they will they ever get on the same page? And <sighs> um, and then later, I don't know if you guys spot, spotted this, but the Raw before uh, Hell in a Cell, at Hell in a Cell, Sheamus and Cesaro are going to fight for the tag team champions uh, championships against the New Day. And on the Raw before on the Go Home, they're going to fight them in a non-title match. So they're going to give that away for us. I was really excited, kind of, to see if Cesaro and Sheamus could actually coexist in a tag match, their first one against real competition for the titles at Hell in a Cell. But no, they're going to give it to us for free. They, they never. They always do that. They never give you a first time anything. I'm just like tonight, Dana Brooke beat Bailey, which I don't want to talk about, but we're going to talk about. Yeah. Um, they don't do anything for the first time. We'll yeah. go ahead and talk about that, by the way. Yeah. God, they had a shitty match. Yeah. <laughs> Dana Brooke, and Dana Brooke screwed up the spot where she was supposed to have her feet on the ropes. And she was too – she's her legs were too short. Like, it was just – you could tell her. <laughs> she was trying so hard to get her toe on the rope. And her, she was just too short. I felt so bad for her because she was like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I saw people saying, like – just okay. Dana Brooks shouldn't have been up yet. She wasn't ready. You know who also wasn't ready? Nia Jackson. What are they doing with her? Jack Nothing. shit. Well, she was Jack actually shit. she was actually somehow on Superstars tonight, fighting yes, Alicia exactly. Fox again. So like they don't they don't know what they're How doing. How much more that. valuable would Dana Brooke, Apollo Crews, and Nia Jax be on NXT right now? Oh my god, so <sighs> much more. Because they should NXT they should be able, they should be able to float back and forth if they're not being yeah. used up, up here. Yes. They should be able to float. I don't understand why they're not. The cruiserweights are doing it. Like, yeah. there's no reason why Nia Jax. Well, the cruiserweights are lighter, so of course they can float. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, but I'm um, sh- humor. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's funny because I think uh, we might we might have found ourselves uh, in another sort of like mistaken situation here where uh, Dana Brooke messes up. And then if you listen, the commentary like sold it afterwards. Like, no, she's super dominant. She, she wins clean all the time. Um, so it's like, what if her, the fact that she couldn't reach the ropes with her feet um, turns her into this super dominant heel, which I was buying. I was ready to buy it. You know, like once commentary said like, no, she, she beat Bailey there, clean. Uh, dominantly, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is what I've been waiting for. I mean, I've wanted them to go all in with Dana uh, because she's so green. Um, It's like, it's it's an either or for me. Either you put her back down in NXT or you give her like a monstrous push. 
um, you know, it, it's all or nothing. I, I feel like if you're going to fail at this, let's let's fail beautifully. <laughs> well, they, speaking they, of monster push, <laughs> well, go ahead, Alex. No, I was going to say that uh, not, to, not to step on your segue, but I, mm. I played I played the I played the what if game a lot with injuries and stuff, and the what if for me is they were obviously going to pair Dana with Emma on the main roster. They got, they got brought up together. They were so good together in NXT and then, and then Emma got hurt and now they've repackaged her apparently as Emma Lena, which just, they've been, they've repackaged her as an Instagram model. And I don't know how that's a wrestler, but we're, we're going to see, but I don't think they're ever going to interact with each other anymore. And I think that they kind of panicked and threw Dana in with Charlotte because they knew Dana couldn't stand on her own. But I don't know what would have happened with, if Emma and Dana had been able to finish that feud they had going on with Becky Lynch. I thought that was something that had legs and could have carried them through the summer, but we'll never know. And now I think it's time to punt on Dana Brooke and get her back in NXT where she can, you know, join the mean girls they got down there, Billy Kane, <laughs> Peyton Royce. Like that would be a fun little triumvirate, but she she should mentor them like Emma mentored her. Yeah, something like that. Sure. And make that a storyline. Mm. As I was saying, speaking of monster pushes, this is one of my favorite things on the show. Braun Strowman slaughtered three guys. He qualified for the 2020 Olympics in shot put when he threw this son of a bitch forty <laughs> yards. Forty <laughs> well, freaking you- yards, Alex. Yeah. You better remember it's Denver and it's really high, so the air is thinner, <laughs> so it's easier to throw guys farther. It is. It's the old Coors Field thing, like in baseball, right. where all the Colorado Rockies would hit like forty home runs a year. Right. Maybe had a little bit to do with steroids too. Right, but that was, Not that was saying that Braun Strowman's doing steroids. Is, I, I recall yeah. the Dante, Dante Bichette, Bichette and Vinny, and Vinny Castilla, and all yeah. those guys. Yeah, yeah. And Andres Galarraga, Ellis Burks. Yeah. I'm sure all there was nothing hit. going on there, but anyway. Uh, yeah, Braun Strowman. These are a couple of Rocky Pro guys, by the way. Were they? (laughs) Yeah, Rocky Mountain Pro. They, they, uh, they all looked like they got pulled off of Colorado University's quad. Like they, they looked like they've been playing hacky sack twenty minutes earlier. They did not look like wrestlers (laughs) at all. And I thought it was kind of cool just to have these three guys, the uh, the Mile High Trio, who claimed that there's no man the three of them can't beat. (laughs) <laughs> well, you predicted Alex. Sami Zayn is that guy. Mm-hmm. I like this. Sami Zayn is the type of guy you want working with him. He fights from underneath. He is. He can get a good match out of somebody, or at least a passable match. Trina, what do you think about the idea of putting Sami Zayn in the ring with a very, very green, very inexperienced, Ooh. but a surprisingly entertaining Braun Strowman? Right, right. Well, I mean, the internet, um, the internet as a whole sort of uh, – as a joke that that like Sammy Zayn's my guy, and so uh, when when he when his music hit and he came out, people were like, "Oh, your boy's dead," pretty much. Uh, and and it's interesting that you talk about the three jobbers that way because I think they had to be normal looking guys um, to still sell you on the fact that Sammy Zayn's still the uh, you know the underdog from the underground. Um, and and as you guys are talking about it now, you're you know you're starting to sell me on it. I think I think my personal feelings towards Sammy are um, are what you know, are coloring my opinions about this. And so when his music hit, I was like, oh God, like this is not, I don't think this is the right thing for him because I feel like he's being buried right now and and putting him up against, uh, you know, a guy that just beat three people uh, isn't really the thing that's going to elevate him. And so, um, 
you know, but as you guys talk about it a little bit more, I, I am seeing sort of a scenario here where it could work for both of them. Um, obviously, Sammy's super experienced. To put him in with Braun Strowman uh, would teach him, would teach Braun Strowman a lot, I think. And, and the way that Jericho was able to put over younger guys and new talent, I think Sami Zayn has the possibility of doing that with Braun Strowman for sure. I'm excited for this. I'm all in on it. I'm ready for it. Yeah. Alex, are yeah. you ready for Sasha oh. Banks versus Charlotte via these sit down video interviews? Uh, <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, this is the whole thing is that uh, these, these things are always kind of pointless because you ask your talent, do you think you will win? And what do you expect them to say? Uh, so it's kind of just like finding new ways of saying it. And um, I, I think Charlotte has improved so much in the way that she tells a story, uh, both in the ring and on the mic. And I mean, I'm all in on Charlotte for the future, um, which is why I'm, I'm, I'm happy that if the rumors are true, uh, that Vince put the kibosh on a moonsault off the, he- off the cell that she wanted to do. Mm. Uh, if if she really asked to do that and he said no, I'm like thank you, Vince. For the first she time, in the f- landing. She's a pretty good gymnast. <laughs> she's, she's a good gymnast, but that's high up. And I mean, I don't know if they're gonna back a dump truck full of like gravel Saw, or whatever it was, sawdust or whatever it was that Rikishi, yeah. was that Rikishi <laughs> fell into. Whatever that was, I don't know if they're gonna find a way to back that up into the thing. But uh, yeah, a a, a Ric Flair just shows up drunk and lost driving a dump drunk. truck. If, they're, if they found a way to get four or five other people down there for her to land on, cool. But just on top of Sasha Banks, it would just look like, <laughs> like those old <laughs> – it would look like one of those old Looney Tunes cartoons where, like, an right. anvil falls from a, off the cliff onto Wiley Coyote. Like, it would yeah. just not look good. Um, so – but I, I, I was impressed by, by her thing. I, I thought, honestly, it felt like Sasha wasn't – being managed when she was giving her answers. I felt like those were kind of off the cuff. They sounded better than all of her scripted promos that she's been given. So, you know, I mean, I'm interested to see this, but I also feel like if it's true they're going to main event the pay-per-view, that's enough. You don't have to put them then also in in a hell in a cell. It just becomes overkill at that point. I mean, hopefully not literally. Because, you know, if... If they're not if they're not allowed to do a moonsault off the off the top of the cell, what are they going to try to do instead? Like if that's if that was that was their first choice. What's what's number two? You know. So I just I don't want either of these women to get hurt and miss a significant amount of time or to end their careers because they keep wanting to one up each other. You know. I mean, I could easily see Sasha doing the thing where she's going to do a, a suicide dive. And and kind of Charlotte catching her, using the momentum and just javelining her into the into the side of the yeah. cage, you know, something stupid like that. And I don't want anyone to get hurt, but I kind of want to see a great match. So I mean, you kind of yeah. got to walk that line. Uh, Trina, your feelings, your feelings on these, these promos. I am so the opposite on this. Um, you know, like I I love that Alex is very concerned about them, um, but as a woman, I want to see them in Hell in a Cell. 
Um, you know, like I, I think we only progress by, by pushing the limit and evolving. And I think this is, this is the direction that we need to go into, especially if you're a Lucha Underground fan and, and you've seen what the girls over there are doing. So, um, you know, I, I get it. Uh, you know, they're, they're, Sasha Banks is so tiny and, and Helena Cell, we've never done, you know, women in a cage before. It, it's, it's scary. Um, but I, I have to say, like, as a woman um, and, and somebody who supports uh, women's wrestling, I want to see them, I want to see them go like balls to the wall. I mean, you know, I don't want to see a, a moonsault off the top of the cage, but um, I'm really interested in the show that they're going to put on. Because I mean, look, we, we go back to um, Bailey and Sasha at NXT Brooklyn, they put on a hell of a show. Let's see Charlotte and Sasha in a hell in a cell and see what they're going to do. Um, because like I said, we can't, we can't progress unless we, we move forward a little bit and we evolve a little bit. And I, I trust these two to put on uh, a good enough show that that might really convince some people that that women's wrestling is, you know, legit. And and I want to I want to say that that uh, I would be much much more okay with say Taya and Sexy Star in a Hell in right. a Cell match because right. of the way that they work and the experience they have in that style. Um, mm-hmm. I just feel like we saw. We saw Charlotte nearly kill or at least severely maim Sasha in a botch spot at SummerSlam, and that yeah. didn't involve steel of any kind. That's, that's the only thing is, is because of the history they have together that makes me mm-hmm. kind of wary. But, yes, I agree. Progress can only be made if you push the envelope, and this could certainly be that. I certainly echo that sentiment. I'm, I'm looking forward to the match. I hope it main events. Uh, we will speed through a couple other things. Big cast defeated Carl Anderson. Nothing to really talk about here. That was quick, too. Like, I don't yeah. know what they're doing. Mm. Rusev came out and showed a bunch of pictures of his family. This Rusev I, got the crowd to boo having a mother yeah. loving her. <laughs> <laughs> He's, so good. He's good. Don't you dare boo my mother. Don't you He's dare good. boo her. Oh, I like that he got the heat on Roman Reigns, too. He's somehow, good for that. Yeah, he somehow did. He like it. They, they booed dogs. They got a crowd to boo having a dog. Yeah. Like, I, like, I don't, he's so good at being anything you Stoners. want. Stoners. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. <laughs> then we had, uh, well, really the last segment we'll talk about about Raw before we get into the other news. Cruiserweights. Now, they had a really weird wooden segment backstage. But then they had a really, really fun match. Mm-hmm. They like Rich Swan is, is amazing. All these guys are really, really good. They're really good. Uh, Trina, your your thoughts on the promo quickly and then the match. Yeah, the promo was hilarious to me because it, it really you have Gulak and, and Tony Nese and um, Brian Kendrick standing there, and then here comes babyface TJ Perkins. Uh, I, I tweeted that, it, you know, they're making it really evident that TJ is unable to grow facial hair here. So, I, you know, it, it, it was a very wooden segment. It, it really didn't feel organic. It was pretty forced. Um, I, I think it goes down to, it comes down to exactly what you said. Like, they put on a great match, and that's why the Cruiserweight Classic worked in the first place. Where They weren't trying to necessarily force storylines down our throat. Um, I think they should just let these guys wrestle and let people choose who they like. And, and choose their favorites and stop trying to create storylines that seem really disingenuous. Yeah, I mean, I, I got way too excited for the idea of a heel faction of cruiserweights 
of of Brian Kendrick and his rocksteady and bebop of Drew Gulak and Tony Nese, two dumb guys who do all the work for him, and then he comes in and hits and puts on his unbreakable bully choke, uh, his his captain's hook. And I just I also just I mean as 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 problematic as it can be to have the two black guys be the guys who love to have fun. Um, I'm all in on Swan and Alexander as a team, and I like, I like that they're backing up uh, Perkins. I'm fine with with Kendrick using all of the terrible video game phrasing as an insult to TJP, but having TJP come back and say, "Hey, man, it's going to be game over." It's like you can't write for him <laughs> that way. You can you can have. I love Brian Kendrick calling him Game Boy. I think that's a great way to like get him out there and into it. But um, I love what they're doing with, with Brian Kendrick as the guy who is slower and, and not as talented as the other guys around him, but will do anything to win a match. That's a cool character to have in your back pocket. And when they finally put the title on him, you're going to have guys like Cedric Alexander chasing it. And I think that will make or break the cruiserweight division. So as I mentioned – Old faithful Paige and Alberto Del Rio. Anytime I, anytime your boy needs a headline, <laughs> these two come through. Trina, you're about to get married. Do you think these two are about to? Uh, do you think they'll really tie the knot? Paige proposed to Del Rio. I know this is this is a very interesting time for this story to come up um, because you got married too recently, uh, and the thing is like. You know, some people, if they listen to the podcast or, or whatever, I'm, you know, I'm not necessarily the biggest uh, fan of marriage. It, you know, it's, I'm getting married this weekend, but it's taken There were a, some that said that you were married to the wall the first few weeks that you were right, yeah. on the show. Well, I mean, look, it's taken, it's taken me 11 years to get to this point that we're, <laughs> we're coming up on, on Sunday. So it's like, you know, I, I'm not necessarily, you know, wife and kids happy home sort of uh, type of person here. So I don't really like believe in the conventional uh, beliefs that, co- that go along with marriage. And so when I, when I saw that, you know, I, I get everybody's initial reaction. Like, look, this is, this is a mistake. Like, obviously this is Paige's breakdown that we're watching. It's like a slow motion car crash. Um, but, you know, as, as somebody who like just doesn't, doesn't look at marriage that way, I'm like, you know what, just let them make the mistakes. Like, it's not that big of a deal. That was my first reaction, you know, like, Del Rio's been married once. He's still not divorced, I don't think. So he's, I think, still no, techni- yeah, technically married. Um, you know, like, it's, the reaction was weird to me, you know, because it's like, we're in 2016. Um, let these people, like, make their mistakes or live their lives or whatever it is and um, don't make it such, like, a big, you know, uh, statement about their, like, morality or, or, like, the fact that Paige is, like, completely ruining her life. Um, you know, I don't know. We've seen we've seen breakdowns like this before. Uh, there there is a scenario where Paige uh, survives and comes back, and you know, so I, it's just weird to see the internet go go up in arms and, and suddenly be like morality police um, about Paige's life. Alex, you have a child on the way. I do. How long do you think it takes them oh, before? Uh, <laughs> you know what? Uh, this thing. That's a logical know. next this, step in this. If this, this were a written storyline, it would be masterfully crap. Yeah. <laughs> this, this might be a shotgun wedding, if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> As in they're going to shoot each other with a shotgun? Possibly. Um, mm. I, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, 
I mean, maybe it's true love. Maybe we're all just, you know, being dicks about this and it's it's really right. a really great thing for the two of them. But but maybe this will all crash and burn and hopefully it doesn't wind up with somebody in rehab or worse. You know what I mean? Like because we because the thing that like the thing that came out about, you know, Paige's you know, sixty eight suspension is that it was a recreational drug, am I right? So you know, we don't know what's what's going on there exactly. And um, I mean, she's proposing to a man who's still technically married. So in, a, in, 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 in the wrestling ring where everyone's there and he's kind of forced to say, sure. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a very odd, it feels very, it feels very Bonnie and Clyde-ish. Like this mm-hmm. is this crazy, the, the crazy love, you know, like, uh, like what was that terrible Drew Barrymore movie from the '90s with her and Chris O'Donnell? Mad Love. Like it just feels <laughs> very, very weird. And the fact that like it could be put off as young love, but like Del Rio's like forty. Like I, I, I don't, I don't know where to go with this. But I'm mm. willing to, to sit back and not pass judgment on it until I see what yep. happens with it. But um, I, I, I do hope that um, that it's not a bunch of you know, uh, wrestling fans who think of Paige as being this this flower they need to protect from herself that she can't make her own decisions because that's bullshit. So mm-hmm. you know, let's 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 give it time to see what happens. But I mean, yeah, I, I could see Mama Paige here in the next year or so. We have about four or five minutes left, so we're going to bring up uh, the GSP news. GSP appeared on Ariel Helwani's MMA Hour this or today and said that he is a free agent, that he and his lawyer had terminated the contract with w, or with UFC, saying that he wanted to fight in Toronto. He said that he wanted to fight in general, said he didn't ask for $10 million. Personally, I think $10 million would have been a bargain for him compared to what they're paying Conor McGregor. It's very possible Conor McGregor and Ronda Rousey could be one and done coming up soon. Uh, there are rumors McGregor wants to take time off. You never know what will happen with Rousey. Outside of that, John Jones ain't around. You won't have a big pay-per-view draw. The new ownership was not willing to honor the agreement that Lorenzo Fertitta had, had given GSP before he left. So he and his lawyer gave them a deadline, terminated the contract. The UFC released a statement today saying that he is still under contract and they intend on giving him a fight under his old contract. Trina, do you think GSP ever fights again? Do you think he fights under the UFC banner? Do you think he fights somewhere else? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, I, I've been a fan for a really long time. Uh, and I've been a fan before, since before GSP was a, a champion. So I've followed his career for a really long time. Um, and as a fan, it's just a really sad situation because uh, it looks like GSP and, and the UFC here are, are really at a crossroads that, that it's an impasse. They're not, they're not going to... I don't think they're going to come to, to terms here because I think GSP's biggest thing uh, is the, the Reebok deal. Like he doesn't want any, any part of that. And I mean, it doesn't matter who owns the UFC. They have a deal with Reebok in place that they can't, they can't really uh, violate the terms of that contract. So it's tough. And, and so the first I, I tweeted at you, it was like the first thing I thought was like, oh, GSP to Bellator. Um, but, you know, like that's sucks like gsp is so good like way too good for that you know like there's nobody in bellator that he can he can fight um and it it would suck to see like his whole legacy and you know like the this latter part of his career be in bellator i mean at this point it it, i would even rather see him in ryzen 
I feel like they they might have they could come up with a, a better matchup there because Bellator at this point is just such a you know like a circus um, that you know it doesn't befit GSP. It doesn't befit him at all. He could fight Chael Sonnen in Bellator, and that's it at one eighty five, and that's mm-hmm. not much of a fight. GSP would just destroy him. Mm-hmm. GSP wants to fight for the UFC. I don't know what. That, like I said, John Jones isn't fighting for a while. Rousey could be one and done. Conor McGregor, you never know on a week-to-week basis what the guy's going to do. You need a major pay-per-view guy, and he is that guy. So hopefully they can come to terms. It's it's a very unique situation. Um, Trina, tell the people about the last Mark Standing podcast before we head off, and before you head off for several weeks, actually. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll be, you know, sort of on and offline here for the next couple of weeks. I'll be out of the country. So, um, but you can find all of our podcasts, our library, our full library, and the merch, like the hat I'm wearing right now, at lastmarkstanding.com. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll be, I'll be gone for a couple of weeks, but I am back in the country November 12th. Um, might, you know, might try and produce some content while I'm away, but uh, I won't guarantee anything. <laughs> Alex, tell the folks what you do here. What exactly is it <laughs> you do here? Uh, I, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm the guy who writes uh, the recaps and reactions for, uh, for all the stuff that goes on in, in the pro graps. Um, <laughs> just today I published uh, – my main event superstars roundup from last week. Uh, much which, better than the actual show. Which, which is, uh, thank you, uh, but that's not a very high bar to clear. Um, <laughs> la- notable mostly for the fact that uh, Mojo Raleigh has taken to wrestling in pink Zuba's board shorts, which makes him officially a parody of himself. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I write the uh, the raw, the uncooked raw reaction, uh, the SmackDown react down, and the Wednesday wrestling recap. Which um, or a, a wrap up, which in, involves NXT and Lucha Underground, um, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Palowski the Fourth, P A W L O W S K I T H E the numeral four T H. You can follow your boy, who is verified, by the way, guys. I'm Woo! just saying, I'm the only verified person on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> As Sean wants that, follow us at Fightful Online. Go to Fightful.com. Fightful.com slash MMA slash wrestling slash boxing. Get your shit at Fightful.com, guys. I am back tomorrow night after SmackDown with Jeff Hawkins of Shake Them Ropes. Back Wednesday with Showdown Joe. We're talking all kinds of GSP stuff then. Back Thursday afternoon with Matt Riddle. And we got Matt Riddle, a damn webcam and a mic. I'm so happy. Friday <laughs> afternoon with Vince Russo, who is mad at me. He's pissy, so pissy that I'm making him watch Raw, guys. So, totes pissy, this guy. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Always a good time with Vince Russo. His kid got married. Everybody's getting hitched. <laughs> Everybody. Fightful.com is a place to be. What I want you to do is just keep the page open all day, guys. When you're at work, every hour, just clickety-clack, refresh it. Check out the stories. You know what? Knock on your boss's door and say, listen, there's this great website. It's called Fightful. We should probably advertise on it. We should probably mandate it be the start page for all the computers here. 
he's you might not keep your job, but I will appreciate your effort. So that's a thing that you need to put on the docket for Tuesday, guys. Check us out, Fightful.com. Five to seven podcasts a week. Exclusive stories. That Muhammad Hassan follow-up is up on the wrestling page now, guys. So go check that out. I am the only guy to interview Muhammad Hassan in like the last seven or eight years, something like that. I don't know what the hell it is. But he likes me. Go check it out. Until next time, guys, we are out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.